Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. We are here to talk about the comics that came out on uh, May tenth. I'm sorry, May 9th, my apologies, 2023. But first, we're going to talk about the free comic book day special, the Dawn of DC Night Terrors issue, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Chris Piccolo and Howard Porter. Um, So I want Vincey to start this, because in Lad's chat, he had said that after reading this, he is now Night Terror pilled. <laughs> and so I just need to know what that means. No, I, I, I said that ironically. I, I I was saying because you guys didn't seem interested in in it at all, I was going to become the Night Terrors guy and and go all in on it. In reality, uh, probably not. <laughs> if if it was drawn by Chris Piccolo the whole time, I I would maybe be <laughs> Night Terrors pill because this looks really good. It is it kind of look. funny how it is like the exact same exact same shtick that he was doing on the Jason Aaron Doctor Strange a few years ago. It looks exactly like <laughs> that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but when you do something really well, who can who can fault you for doing that over and over again? Yeah, I agree. It does look really good. Um, both of the artists uh that are on it and uh and then even a lot of the back matter stuff which here's the thing night terrors it sounds like the recent events we kind of just went through before the dawn of dc stuff um it's very edgelordy right Mm -hmm. however some of these designs whip kind of hard <laughs> I, I think they're better you know design wise they're better than like the the various batmen from the metal stuff um oh absolutely yeah i think yes, so of course they are yeah yeah, yeah. I, how dare I think, you how dare you suggest they're not <laughs> well i didn't i suggested the very opposite of that the weird like bloody hand young bruce who has the like <laughs> the gun demon bat that comes out of his mouth. That's twisted. That's insane. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And this weird, like skeletal Superman with, with wings. I, mm-hmm. I just, I just think like, if nothing else, and I don't think this is going to be any kind of world beater story. Um, Nothing that will be remembered, like even three years down the road, <laughs> really. Um, if nothing else, a lot of this art looks really good and the designs are nutty and I don't mind looking at that for a couple months if I have to. Um, I, in fact, the strength of the art throughout this and the back matter alone has me kind of thinking I'm going to flip through everything. Basically, I'm going to flip through every book. I don't know that I'm going to read them all. I'm I'm definitely but. gonna read. I'm I'm committing to this now. Oh boy, where's the list? It's in here somewhere. It's right? in there. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's at, okay. Here it's in the middle. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely gonna read the main series. I'll probably read. I mean, I guess the the books by Williamson will probably be important, so I'll probably read those. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and then I'll probably read anything by like a creative team that I'm already wanting to read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like like green specifically like Green Lantern, I'll probably read that. Shazam. Um Honestly, those might be the only ones. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You're not going to read Angel Breaker? No, absolutely not. Uh, oh, come on. We got to read Angel Breaker. Come on, boys. <laughs> Williamson's not even writing that one, which I thought for sure he would. So, Yeah. No, but I, I'm, I'm going to at least look at everything because of how nutty it could potentially get visually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in a way that, like, infinite frontier dark crisis all that stuff never you know dark crisis especially like they were just kind of classic versions of your your heroes and villains none of the designs for anything outside of you know pariah or the or the regular cast was very interesting you know whereas i think like at least at the very least this is some very interesting (laughs) art yeah yeah, for sure. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I look here. So here's here's the thing. I I I do not. I do not dislike the stuff in this book. I thought it was fun, uh, for the most part. I'm not opposed to this being a miniseries. I'm not opposed to a, a horrification of DC for a little while. What I'm opposed to is I is some uh some two months of this bullshit. <laughs> like that is just looking at this checklist, I'm exhausted by it. And yeah. I know I don't have to read it all. I know that before anyone tells me that. But it's just <sighs> I almost would rather DC say, listen, we need two months off every year to get our books in the condition we want them in. Mm-hmm. And just let me not read comics for two months. <laughs> yeah. Versus having to do this. Um you want it to be like a like a like a sport. It's like, an off season. Yeah, I want yeah, an off there's season. An off, there's an ooh, there's an off season. There's a draft. DC oh, and Marvel. There we go. Pick, you know, oh yeah. We're on to something here, baby. You want to bring comics back. <laughs> 55 million people watched the NFL draft this weekend. If you can believe that. I guess I believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I want an off season. I, you know, because again, like, let, let's let's take this at at the best case scenario here. The best case scenario is that all of these are super fun, and it was a wonderful two month intermezzo. If that happens, I'd still rather have two months of not reading comics. Yeah. Uh, just because well, I think you, be do, you do essentially have that. Yeah, I mean, we 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 can we can make that happen. I, I know. Um, I mean, you. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I think I feel like this is just that for the people who like want that, but there are also people who will read anything. You you know, want to just read anything that's put in front of them from DC, and that's that's who this is for. I think you know. I guess so. Yeah. And. Um, I don't know. It it does have like a veneer of legitimacy that some of the other ones do not just because Josh Williamson is writing it and he is still like kind of ostensibly, I guess, one of the showrunners for DC. Um, so 
it's definitely more than like a futures end or a convergence or even though convergence actually ended up being pretty important <laughs> when it was all said and done. Was it actually important or was it just like, um, Oh God, we have had this exact argument. I know. We have. I, I mean, I know. it was made to be important. I think it sure. like it fit into, so I say important, it fit into, it is like retroactively a crisis now. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. It, it, a lot what of they call stuff it? spun it, out of that. Is it just the convergence, convergence crisis? crisis? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, it was like retroactively made to be important. Um, whereas like endless winter, that wasn't really the same thing. That wasn't a skip month per se, but like, um, like futures end, not important, you know? Yeah. But, but, but futures end was also like, that was part of a, a very, a very much a bigger story. Um, yeah. It wasn't just like the, the, the two month thing. Like, yeah, it was, it was just two months. Wasn't it? No, that that story was like half a year. Future's end. Sorry, I meant, I meant um the other thing, future state. Sorry. <laughs> okay, that's what I meant. Future state was just two months. Yeah, but also uh, yeah, future's uh, end. Actually, future's end meant three, nothing. Actually, it was three. If you think was about it just... the uh, Superman and Lex book. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you got me. Um, actually, it was it was eighteen months if you count if the you count uh, the future state. Future state, the year and a half long event. <laughs> That's how we'll be referring to it from now on. Yes. That's how you have to refer to it legally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're we're sick. This is fine. This is fine. I I I truly hope that this surprises us and there's some fun uh books that come out of this. So like I I dug into this a little bit for the soliciting column at Multiversity this week. And uh there are two books in particular. I I was very happy to see that um uh Josie Campbell is writing the Wonder Woman story mm. for this. So that's that is fun. And then I I know we knew this already, but I totally forgot that Ravager is part of Stormwatch now in DC oh. continuity. Mm-hmm. And so the Ravager story is like a Stormwatch story. And so that's uh that could be interesting. It could probably be probably bad, but it's at least interesting bad, right? Um mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's the best we can ask for. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. All right. Well, let, let's put that aside and let's move over to Green Lantern number one written by Jerry. <laughs> I think it's funny that we didn't even talk like a single bit about what the Night Terrors. <laughs> we uh, did. What's there to say? Or anything. I mean... We we didn't talk about what happened in the issue. But what's there all. to say? 
I mean, not much, not much. I just think it's we did not say one sentence about what actually happens in the comic. Robin has even... a nightmare. He keeps trying to wake up from it. He can't. Maybe he's awake at the end. I don't know. Done. There's a there, yeah. There's a yeah yeah. Some yeah. Um, I just think it's funny that we yeah we didn't even mention it was Damien. We didn't mention anything. <laughs> just vibes. We're just coasting on pure vibes. <laughs> We've Sometimes been doing this show long got. enough. That's all we got. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Green Lantern, written by Jeremy Adams, illustrated by Zermanico. Um, Zach, take this away. What do you think of this? I like this quite a bit, I would say. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of refreshing to have a new Green Lantern book again and and uh, you know this feels very much like a back to basics approach to green lantern while also having like a pretty interesting new status quo so uh, on one hand i'm i'm very intrigued by this new status quo which is that like the guardians have fucked off and the um the united planets have taken over the green lantern Corps, and they have the like sector 2814 which you know which is the sector that earth is in into quarantine and they have reassigned all of the earth green lanterns to different sectors and so hal was like not having that and so he he just like leaves and comes back to earth and so you know we're starting off with kind of like a very grounded earth-based green lantern series which we have not had in a really really long time um and typically i don't like those green lantern stories as much i like the big like cosmic space stuff but i i do think that this is kind of like an interesting and refreshing start and i'm really interested in seeing how like what the rest of the green lantern core looks like later on um this reminds me of something gosh it's gonna come to me later but th- there is like a thing oh <laughs> So what this reminds me of is like currently in like One Piece, there was just a like huge arc that lasted several like four years in real time. And it was all like set in one location and you had no idea what was going on in the rest of the world while while that was happening. And we're like just now getting to like learn what happened in the outside world. This kind of reminds me of that. You're kind of like dropped into a situation that's very isolated and you have these like kind of teases and glimpses of something bigger happening, um, you know, on on the larger stage, but you you don't really get that. You're focused on like the small bit, and and I'm I I kind of like that storytelling technique. Um, so all in all, I'm like very intrigued by this new status quo. But as far as just like a first issue, it's kind of it's just very basic. I think there's not really a lot to go on except the art, which is very good. Vince? Yeah, uh, I think that was all well said, Zach. I I liked this. I like this too. I think uh, Jeremy Adams is just a good writer. I think that's what this comes down to. I think we can comfortably say that now after after a very good flash run, and now I think this kicks off in just the right way. Um staying true to like Hal as a character, like Hal's the most boring lantern, right? Yep. Yeah. But the thing that's 
the thing that's unique or interesting about him is that he's DC's hotshot pilot. Like that's the one thing you can point to that makes him, you know, unique. If you play that up, I think it works pretty well, especially like in the Top Gun world <laughs> uh, that we're living in now. Um, uh, and so Jeremy Adams hits those points extremely well. Um, I like what how he signaled right at the beginning that there's a, a bunch of construction workers trapped and Hal descends on them to save him. And it's like, what is more uh, earth-based than saving construction workers that are trapped in a crumbling complex, right? Like how else do you signal to everybody? This is an earth-based book, right? Yeah. Um, and then to him showing up at, at uh, Ferris aircraft and uh, you know, hitting on Carol, of course, trying to get his job back, trying like it's, it's, it's very cliche to say this, but isn't it? It's it's just the new Top Gun movie, right? Like, um, it's the same thing. O- only one man can do it, and it's highball Hal Jordan, right? There is, um, there's not I, enough John I've Hammond. I've not seen this. the new Top Gun, but I, I, I it's, but you know what yeah, I mean. That's my yeah, exactly. It's it's a trope. Yeah, the right? tropes are there. I will say again, not enough John Hammond. This if this is the new not, Top Gun, not enough John Ham. John Ham is Sinestro. Oh. <laughs> Sinestro has never been that attractive. <laughs> I'd like uh, to see. I'd like to see John Hamm ugly himself up to play Sinestro. <laughs> um, I uh, so I, I'm going to be a slight descending descending voice on this. Um, so uh, on one hand, I I do agree that I like that that it's a new status quo. This feels different from what we've seen recently from the Lantern books. I also like that so much of the heavy lifting is done by a page of text. That text page reminded me very much of um, when Kieran Gillen was writing Journey into Mystery and every issue started with like a one-page recap. This kind of reminded me of that. And I didn't need them like referencing it anywhere else in the book. Uh, I would have been fine if that was the only time they mentioned the Guardians or whatever was just in that one page. And I'm all for that. That's fine. What I didn't love about this, there's two things. I don't like it when there are things that happen in a comic that are supposed to make us feel one way and those things are never addressed. Let me, there's two particular moments in here where Hal does something that is unilaterally shitty and not like in a fun comic booky way shitty and doesn't. And it's just never addressed. Like Hal is sitting on his car and he's drinking uh, some some soda, and then he he finishes it and he just throws the bottle away. Like he's, he's fucking. He's John Ham. He's Don Draper. I was saying, like he's fucking Don Draper on a picnic yeah. with his family, right? Yeah. And then and then later he is flying the drone and he just kills a mountain goat because it's balancing on top of a rock and he just <laughs> flies too close and the mountain goat just falls off. And so we're just supposed to believe that he's cool with littering and killing animals and there's there's no moral justification for it. Fuck this guy. I don't want to I don't want to read his adventures. Oh, I do. I it this is <laughs> it's only one issue, right? Yeah, but this uh, yes. is the be- this is the best hell's been because they're leaning into what an asshole he must be. But 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 make it but lean into it then. It's I just, think it just they happens. are. I think I they are. Are you sure he throws the bottle? Yes. <laughs> yes Where? Okay, 
It's page uh page seventeen of our PDF. So he's drinking the last bit. He oh, turns sorry. it over. Okay. And I thought it was like when he bottle. was leaving. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Okay. I was looking on a different page. Yeah. Look, even if it's even if it's not there on the page, Brian is understanding comics and he is imagining what's in between the gutters of those panels. Yeah. I mean, he is. He, it's where he's staying. Maybe he's going to come back and clean it up later. No, he's not going to come back. Wait, the the body of the goat too. Nah, the goat thing, you're totally spot on. I, I'm playing devil devil's advocate here. He, he might clean up his, his campground when he comes back. Yeah. Um, like he has to come gonna... back because it's his brother's camper, I'm pretty sure he said. You don't, oh. uh, Hal is totally the guy who would send his brother a text like, hey, left some shit in your camper. And then <laughs> yeah, you're not do wrong. About yeah. it. Um, he like, will just... let his brother do it, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. like, If they're going to make Hal an asshole, really make him an asshole. I mean, he is an asshole in this, I think. Um, I hope so because that that's yeah. at least something. I mean, the stuff with him and Carol, he's an asshole. All the like stuff with the 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 flying the drone, you're like totally right. I mean, he is he. Yeah, I I think that is here. I think you're totally right. I if that's the case and they lean into it, then I'm okay with this. I don't like it if they are not going to lean into it, but are still going to do this. Yeah, uh, if that if that makes sense. I hear you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They. They, I I really would love to see them kind of tear Hal's life down again, you know. Yeah. Not because I hate the character or anything. He's 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 a nothing character, really. I I don't feel one way or another. But um, I don't I don't get offended when like characters get dragged through the mud. So. Oh no, I'm fine I, with I, that. Yeah, yeah, I I do hope they play this up for a while. I hope they do too. Yeah. I did. What did you guys think? So there we had that variant cover that was like shown off really early of like Sinestro in the leather jacket. Yeah, and he's the living pants. the three yeah, the three stripe life, baby. The huh yeah. And then and then we see him just like chilling in the in the bar with his hood on. What yeah. what's Sinestro up to? What's he doing? <laughs> uh he's gotta go around to everybody in town and knock on everyone's door and tell him he's a pederast. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what he's doing. <laughs> he, oh he, man, he does. He doesn't not resemble John Turturro in the Big Lebowski. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, lucky win the ass next. But time. but for I I am very excited about Jeremy Adams on Green Lantern. I think Adams is one of like my favorite of the new guard at DC, and um, I just uh. I, I I have like high hope. I have very high hopes for this Green Lantern run. So I, I do have a question about something um like story related here. Are we are we supposed to infer that Hal basically just like willed a ring into existence from the Manhunter stuff? Yeah, yeah. But also like didn't he's done similar things to this like in like post rebirth continuity? I think. With like, you remember how he like turned into a like w- a will being basically like in the Venditti run. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe just like an extension of that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. I, I my phone knows the kinds of jokes I make. I guess I tried to type into my phone for the notes. So how got his ring from sucking the power from a manhunter suit? But autocrats do sucking off a man through suit. <laughs> yeah. 
He didn't not do that. He didn't not suck off a man under Cindy. Green Lantern <laughs> sucked me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. I mean, this is fine. I. I, I guess. I like the status quo. I like the team, the creative team. I just felt like this issue was a little bit slight. Um, yeah, I, I agree. That that was the thing that I said about like feeling like it was kind of just not a lot to go on. It 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 was very much like a back to basics, getting Hal back into like a very familiar scenario, and it didn't really do anything new from like a like a character perspective or like a a green lantern on earth perspective you know yeah but i did think that like vince said the character work was really good yeah and you know part of this which is not a fair critique but i'm gonna make it anyway is that i would much rather see what the other earth lanterns are doing in other sectors than see what hal's doing on earth Mm -hmm. yeah there really should be more green lantern books than than just the the kind of one we've been we've been getting like one and then maybe a mini series here or there. Um well so I mean we can kind of talk about that with the backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say I really liked the backup. Me too. Um I liked it a lot. And I think it is very interesting that it is seemingly building off of the Dark Crisis Green Lantern issue that Philip Kennedy Johnson wrote. Uh-huh. Because I, as I recall, we all enjoyed that issue quite a bit, or at least I did. I, I feel like we were pretty high on it. Refresh my memory of what happened that issue. <laughs> so it was basically what they're talking about here. Like, so it it had John going to meet with his mom and it had the stuff with the Green Lantern Corps in that universe fighting the Bright Revenant that they mention, mm-hmm. or the Revenant Dead, one of the two. Who can say? I was just looking at it a second ago. They call him the Bright Revenant, but I think like the the Radiant Dead and the Radiant Dead. Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like this is seemingly like featuring characters from that Dark Crisis universe, which is. On one right. hand, like kind of dumb, but also pretty interesting to me as like a starting <laughs> point for an, an arc for John. Um, it is kind of funny how they did do the thing where they're just going to completely ignore all the stuff that Jeffrey Thorne did. But I yeah. think we all kind of knew that was going to happen. Yep. Um, it's the right thing to do. Well, I, I don't know about that, but it's the right thing to do. That run ended with a blue lantern squirrel like. <laughs> we ha- can't have that taken from us. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that this is pretty cool. I know like Philip Kennedy Johnson is someone who it's like kind of, it has been kind of easy for us to like dunk on his work a little bit in like the post war world stuff. But I generally still like him and think think he is like a good writer at dc and i i think that this like pair doing green lantern things is is pretty cool vince what do you think about this um yeah i i think i liked it less than you guys but well enough um that i just 
Zach, if you if you say I I liked that uh, that one shot you're talking about, the, I'll take your word for it. But I think you did. It had it had Fernando Blanco art. It looks pretty cool. Mm, the art, yes, yeah, you're right. The art was good. I I guess I just I don't know if I needed more of it. Like I think I I guess my expectations were that that was a one shot, and it felt like a complete story. Uh, from what I can remember. I certainly didn't think we were going to see it again. Um, but I don't know if I needed to. I don't know. There's so little here. I, I need to see where this goes, I guess. I'm I'm not completely writing it off, but there's not much going on in this backup. I mean, you're not wrong about that. What I liked about the backup was that, like, to me, when, when you're doing a, a backup like this, the only goal of this is to get me to read this book when it comes out. And so you're not really trying to build a story here. You're trying to give me little reasons to return to this. And old man Guy Gardner with some young kid who's saying a different lantern oath who talks yeah. about being sent there by Kyle Rayner. Like that, that is shit that gets me wanting to read this book going forward. Uh, in addition to that, I thought the art here by Montos, who I'm not familiar with, was really engaging and interesting and very different than what we're getting in the other Green Lantern book, which is the other thing I want to see. I want to see two very different types of books here. And I think that all of this looks really interesting, even if it's something that when you get to the actual story, I might say, you know what? The story is not for me. The hooks are there to get me to be interested in this. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Green Lantern? No. Mm -mm, I don't think so. All right. So let's get to our final book of the week. This, it's been a while since we've done multiple books in one week like this, which is Spirit World. Number one, written by Alyssa Wong, illustrated by Haining. And this is the first of the um, We Are Legends series that DC is doing, like a little, uh, I call it an imprint. I don't know exactly what we're calling it, but um, all uh, Asian-based characters. And uh, this one is, uh, it focuses on a, a new character, a character that we have met in... Uh, was it in one of the Dark Crisis minis? Yeah, I can't remember where where. No, we it was. Oh uh, no, it was, it was no Lazarus Planet. Lazarus Planet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My apologies. Yeah, our character's name is Xanthi, and uh, they operate in this sort of space between the spirit world and our world, and they can pass between. And in the story, they are teaming with with Constantine, who is in our world to try to get uh, Sandra Kane, Batgirl back from the spirit world, which is what happened in that Lazarus planet issue. Mm -hmm. um, Zach, what did you think of this issue? So I liked this quite a bit. I thought that this was really cool for a first issue. Um, it, the, the, it's really interesting because I, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound very cliched, even though this is like a 
Chinese based comic and not a Japanese one. But the way that you are kind of just thrown into the story here, I know that is because this is been kind of spinning off of that uh, like short story from Lazarus Planet. But the tone and the vibe of, in terms of like the way you're introduced to the characters and the way that the story progresses reminded me a lot of what you see in a first chapter of like a shonen like a weekly shonen jump title mm -hmm. where you're definitely not wrong about that yeah you're often mm -hmm. like thrown in like very quickly in media res you're like very quickly introduced to characters and concepts in the same at the same time because it really has to like grab your attention and get going and hit the ground running and most cape comics do not do that in the first issue like so much happens in this first issue it's kind of crazy um, and I really, I found that extremely refreshing. Um, and like another, another like aspect of Shonen comics is that you really have to latch onto the main character really quickly. Either you like find them very charming or they're like just a total asshole and you are like, you know, you have to feel a strong emotion about them pretty quickly. And, and with this, with this new character, I feel like you do get a lot of their like charisma and just just the like vibe of the character is really good right from the get-go um so i i thought this was extremely fun yeah i i enjoyed this too for the most part um it's a story that does not feel like out of place in the dc universe but also feels very different than what we're getting in a lot of DC books. And that's exactly what I want out of a new series. I want something that feels additive to the overall space, but doesn't feel like it's necessarily out of place, right, um, within the other books. So mm -hmm. I like that quite a bit. I thought the art in this was really good. It, it does have a little bit of Asian influence to it, but it's not... Um, like beating you over the over the head with a, a a super different feel for the book. Like again, it feels like it's part of DC, but it's just different enough to be to be interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's not quite like the um. So like a while back, I think it's actually maybe still kind of going on. Marvel had this line of books that I think they were released in like. Korea first and fe featured like Korean artists and writers and had like a very like manhwa feel like they they looked like the kind of things that you would see in a lot of um webtoon comics you know what I mean sure sure whereas this doesn't do that really no, it, it does have influenced the vibe. by that it, yeah it's influenced by that but it doesn't kind of like beat you over the head of like that's what we're doing right yeah um I totally agree my my biggest knock on this and calling it a knock on it is probably too strong of a of a phrase but one of my pet peeves in comics is when there is a familiar character introduced in a book as a a side character or whatever and then there's almost nothing about that character that actually shows up here and like this is this is Constantine in name only there there's like nothing about this that to me <laughs> necessarily read like john constantine yeah um, well he never said bollocks first of all no he, nope that's it <laughs> that's all i what? need for for it to be uh you gone. need him to say bollocks and you need him to was he smoking in this i can't remember 
Yeah, he's smoking. So there's at least that. Yeah. This almost felt like what's his name from Morrison's Doom Patrol that we're reading right now. Yeah, Willoughby Kipling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they should have feel- used him. They should have used him. Yeah, it would have been uh, fine. This is uh, uh, it, it's actually uh, Regan from uh, from from mob. What was that mob show? The mob anime. Zach. Oh, Mob Psycho 100. Is that what Mob Psycho? About? Yes. Yeah. 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 He looks like the uh, mobs, like adult detective buddy. Um, I, I've actually not read that, even though I've heard it's quite good. And I really like um, the. Uh, is that is one the. One's uh, now. Yeah. Mm, for that? Is it one? I think I think you're right. Or is one the artist for One Punch Man? There's, it's the one same the like, writer. Punch Man. Uh, oh. It's how the, the same writer as I, One Punch Man. How the fuck Man. do I have the knowledge about manga in this in this conversation? I mean, I I have it too. I just haven't looked at One Punch Man in a minute. And I can't remember. I, it's <laughs> one. I read the it's first one. volume, and that's it's it. one. It's one. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, so as I said, I, I thought that this is an interesting story. I I like there. There is one. Um, there's one moment in here in particular. I'm trying to find the page. It's on page 12 of our PDF where essentially those two women that are like chasing Cassandra turn into when Beetlejuice becomes the the snake on the steps in Beetlejuice. It's like exactly it's exactly the image from Beetlejuice. And uh, yes, I have that in my notes too. They're doing Beetlejuice transformations like the sandworm. Yes, exactly. Sandworms hit him right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Nice fucking model, huh? I will I will bang the drum all day long that Michael Keaton deserves an Oscar for that role. <laughs> he is so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. But yeah, uh th- this is good and interesting. Vince, what do you think? Yeah, same. I I loved this for its manga influence. I even noticed, you know, at the end, of course, every DC Comics issue that has an issue following up has the to be continued or next issue or whatever. But this one, for whatever reason, where it says to be continued in spirit world, number two, it's in this um, really plain box and like uh, a very plain font, like times new Roman. I almost, I think like just this very like basic presentation of the, to be continued box reminded me of, something you would see in Shonen Jump, just like Zach said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's subtle, but I, I feel like that's cribbing something from One Piece or one of those, you know? Um, yeah, you guys are right that it doesn't like super call attention to that it's trying to be a Shonen story, but um, I think I think it, I think the 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 influence in the art style itself is undeniable, right? Like um, this is this, this sort of art would be commonplace in manga only it would be black and white. Um, But I think, yeah, it's, it is very much going for that. And Brian, you're right about Constantine. I had that in my notes too, that like, this isn't really, he's not speaking like, the queen's english or whatever <laughs> um but i did have a note in here 
that they're they're in this necromancer's mansion and his last name is Easton. Is that supposed to be a character from DC's past? I think it's a reference to Brett Easton Ellis. I'm kidding. Come come on. Come on. No. Uh, There was like, there was a Starman character uh, with the last name Easton. Um, But if you don't know, then that's. I'm looking it up. Hang on. Um, Philip Easton. Is that, that's character? Yeah. uh, He was in. The Starman run that's like the um Prince, what's his name? Starman. Yeah, the one that came out of um uh the 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 one shot uh comic. The um you know what I'm talking about. The one that they're all one shots and they were like pilots yeah. for Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No 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 not no? that that's not Michael that Thomas Starman. This okay. is uh Prince Gavin, oh Prince, yeah, uh, with the Will Payton, Will Payton, yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. I, it, that character was in like nine issues or something, mm-hmm. six issues. Oh, so it's not, it's not That's a not reference. I, I don't okay. think so. No. I okay, I didn't know how we were supposed to know who this guy was. I don't think we were. Yeah, I, maybe not. But yeah, otherwise, you guys said it all. I think. Um, Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's um, it, it gives me hope for this, for this uh, little corner of the universe that that DC is going for. I I still don't know exactly what the plan is for these books. Like they're all six issue miniseries. This kind of feels, in a way, like the New Age of Heroes, or another event that will allow these characters to be siloed off until somebody wants to dust them off after those miniseries are over. But I hope there's more than that, both because I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously more diversity on and off the page in comics is always a good thing. Plus, this is a cool concept, and there could be a lot of a lot of fun stories told with these characters in, in this world. I just don't know if that's necessarily going to happen or not. Well, Vincy, what comes out next week? Oh, let me just back up here. Next week being the 16th. Correct. All right. Uh, Batgirls 18, Batman Superman World's Finest 15, Batman Brave and the Bold number one, Black Adam 11, Catwoman 55, Cyborg number one. Uh, there's a Dawn of DC Primer apparently that comes. Is that, is that also a free comic book day thing? I, th- no? I think that might just be the free comic book day issue, but I'm not. No, I'm not it's, 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 it's not the. Is there a free comic book day issue that has that story in it? Because the I thought the Night Terrors thing was the free comic book day issue. I I'm not sure because I know they were putting out a few different things, but yeah, this has new like stuff in it. It has like okay. a Williamson written story. I don't know if it's a free comic oh, book really? day thing. Though. Oh, really? Yeah. It's probably not a free comic book day thing. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Well, anyway, um, uh, JSA number four, Superman number four, The Flash seven ninety nine, and The Vigil number one. If you have to find two thirds of us, we are on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an App. And I am at the Wilk of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is sobbing quietly while listening to the first two pages of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Oblate Italian.